Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Night listeners. I am your host, Pastor Alex, and we are back at it once again with another new episode. Uh, so this is Friday show, so there's always some updates and bantering and, and things that I do uh, before we get into the meat of the show. And, you know, some things that have been <clears throat> kind of sitting on my mind as a podcast producer, um, one that, you know, I've, I've I think I've talked about it. Uh, in the past on this show and one that I've probably have, uh, you know, kicked to the curb the idea a few times and then I keep coming back to it. But I, you know, I want to keep this show as professionally driven as possible. Um, obviously our, our purpose of the show is to teach through the scriptures, to talk through doctrine, to have discussions about this sort of thing. And, and, and at that level, it's fairly serious. Now, we can have some fun, and we can crack some jokes, and we can have some you know, interesting conversations on roundtables and, and rant-a-thons and stuff like that. Totally fine. But the premise and, uh, of the show when I am solo hosting is you know, straightforward, clean, and concise. And so I'm really thinking, uh, and i got to work with a couple people, uh, to, about creating some like minute segments, if you would. So like I want to do... Uh, my my opening show be like a commercial drop, if you would, for patron or um, you know mid show or end of show. Hey, you know, do this, that, whatever. Those are things I'm working on. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but uh, you know, I want to keep it clean, professional, and I want to move from one thing to the next, um, so you know what to expect every time you listen to the show. Because uh, sometimes it's just kind of off to the wind, and you know, if you have a an opinion, please by all means DM me. I would love to get your feedback. Uh, you can also subscribe and uh, leave reviews for the show on iTunes. That helps me get to the top of the ranks. Um, Spotify doesn't allow you to leave reviews. It just gives you like a star rating, which is totally, totally fine. So if you're on Spotify, subscribe. I know pr- predominantly most of my listeners are iTunes or Spotify. And then like the next handful are like website listeners. So if you have the ability, please subscribe and make sure you get notifications on because you know, we drop shows every week 
and there's <laughs> we haven't taken a break. Um, we've had some late, you know, uh, show launches on Friday, but that's a uh, you know due to my my uh, uh, mishaps. So uh, we got a lot coming up this summer, and uh, in fact, we are going to do. Uh, we've got Brian Wolf Mueller, who's a uh, LCMS Missouri Senate uh, Lutheran pastor down in Texas. He will be joining us on the show in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I'm debating if I want to put them on next Tuesday or if I want to wrap out the baptismal series because I've already kind of interrupted it a few times. So I might just do the, the next handful of episodes, which uh, would be four or five weeks worth at this point. I'm not quite certain yet, um, but or I might inter, interrupt that and, and put him in there. And then we've got Flame coming back on and he will be uh, joining us for an episode, so that will air as well. And then I get to be the guest on somebody's show this week, and so as, uh, you know, I'm recording this. It's uh, Tuesday, and uh, the the uh, my recording with this individual is on uh, Thursday. So once I get more information, I'll share that out on social media. So pretty excited about that. A lot coming down, um, you know, and a lot in play. I've got uh, the you know, Old Testament prophets that we're working through. And we are working through Joel right now. We did Joel, uh, the introduction last week, and we are going to work through chapter one today. And then I think we're going to go to Amos and then we might go uh, somewhere else. I haven't quite decided the right track yet. I think I've got it planned for Amos next. So that will be uh, coming up in a couple of weeks after Joel. Uh, my goal is to work through the minor prophets. Um, we may touch all of them. I, I really don't have a set plan yet. Um, but the goal is to help educate uh, and, and bring to light what the conditions of uh, a particular passage or story uh, itself would be. And so we're trying to you know, make this as much educational, informational, uh, and enjoyable to listen to as possible. Uh, and if you want all of the behind the scenes stuff, I'm working on some old Testament projects for my patrons. You can uh, join us on patreoncom forward slash undying light, and you can give as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you can give a whole year at, uh, at that rate. And it would be like 10 bucks and some change. Cause I give it, give a discount. You can give more if you decide, but th- all I ask is $1 and that helps us keep the show moving and, uh, your contributions allow me to continue to produce episodes and more so your contributions will allow me to work on some projects that I'm uh, anticipating for after school. So right now for school, I'm working on some old Testament, new Testament projects that will be made exclusively available for patrons as soon as they're uh, finished. Uh, And then we, you know, they've already, I've already given them some Hebrew uh, assignments and a uh, exegetical assignment, you know, that I'm working on out of Genesis. So there's <clears throat> small projects that they get trinkled in, and uh, it's just one of the perks, you know, plus early show release and Bible studies and, you know, sermon notes and all the other uh, stuff that we give. Uh, we will continue to streamline the the offerings to patrons and ensure that what we're doing is what they want. And, uh, if you have suggestions, like if you would like to join us, but you're like, Oh, I wish you would do this. Let me know. And I can see about what we need to do to do that. So patron.com forward slash undying light, come join us and help fund this ministry. Uh, 
as well as if you are in the search of a fantastic digital library, grab yourself a copy of Logos Bible Software. You will not be disappointed. Uh, I have it on my computer right now. I've got it on my laptop. I've got it on my phone. I've got it on my tablet. Uh, and so everywhere I am, I can go to Logos for a solution or an answer or or something to help me in a discussion with somebody. So uh, I have you know my Bible studies or my uh, study Bibles. I have my uh, all my translations of Bibles. I have commentaries. I have uh, sermons and all sorts of information about every fact in the Bible, every person, every topic, everything is all in the group in the, you know, in the palm of my hand. So logos.com forward slash and dine light, get yourself a discount and some free books and get yourself, uh, some logos Bible software and, uh, up your, your theologian game, if you would. So that is, uh, the spews for the show. Uh, we are working on the book of Joel and the goal here is to, um, get into this, uh, into the meat of chapter one, there's 20 verses. And so we will work through, uh, kind of this. And I, what I'm trying to do is not make it so much a verse by verse, like, you know, uh, this word and that word or this phrase and that phrase means this and that, but I want to try and take the kind of bigger elements you know we'll read the text and we'll look and say okay what, are, what what's happening here and we'll, we'll break down a few of the verses because sometimes there's some you know questioning or troubling topics that we might come across what is what is the big picture going on that's going to be my goal I think going forward I think I feel like that makes more of a conversational uh, topic because then I can go into other segues and connect other pieces Versus just looking at it verse by verse. And so we've done that on prior episodes, uh, the verse by verse. And I think they worked great, but, you know, I don't want to drown on and, and, and make you bored uh, with with the content that I'm producing for you. Obviously, you're listening to the show for a reason. And I want to continue to enhance and edify you and be the show that you go to for, you know, information on a particular topic or a book or anything like that. So... Um, that's that. We're going to get into Joel chapter one and, uh, see what is happening here. All right. So we've got, uh, let me get back here. I was actually just had to interrupt my uh, recording for the show because I was, uh, inviting another guest on. And so I'm trying to do this in between, um, my guest appearances today. And so, uh, I have to go back now and bring back my logos and get back to Joel chapter 1. Here is what is written. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethu, the invasion of locusts. Hear this, you elders. Give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. What the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the hopping, the hoping, hopping locust has eaten. And what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. Away, you drunkards, and weep and wail, all you drunkard, drinkers of wine, because of the sweet wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, powerful and beyond number. Its teeth are lion's teeth. And it has fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vine and splintered my fig tree. 
It is stripped off the bark and thrown it down. Their branches are made white. Lament, lament like a virgin wearing sackcloth for the bridegroom of her youth. The gain offering, grain offering of the drink and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn and the ministers of the Lord. The fields are destroyed. The grounds mourn because their grain is destroyed. The wine drinks dries up and the oil languishes. Be ashamed, all O tillers of the soil, wail, all vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because of the harvest of the field, is perished. The vine dries up, the fig tree languishes, promegranate, plum, and apple, all the trees of the field are dried up, and the gladness dries up for the children of man. Next section, a call to repentance, verse 13. Put on a sackcloth and lament, O, pra- o, o priests, wail, O ministers of the altar, go in, pass the night and sackcloth, O ministers of my God, because grain offering and drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is near and the destruction from the Almighty comes. Is not the food cut off before our eyes, joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seed shrivels under the clods, the house, the storehouses are desolate. The granularies are torn down because the grain has dried up. How the beasts groan. The herds of cattle are perplexed because there is no pasture for them. Even the flocks of sheep suffer. To you, O Lord, I call. For fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and flame has burned all the trees of the field. Even the beasts of the field pant for you because the watered brooks are dried up, and the fires devour the pastures of the wilderness. So a lot of interesting uh, notes going on here in uh, uh, in this particular chapter. There's a uh, interesting concept um, of d- destruction, but more so, uh, the first portion of chapter one opens with this understanding of the locusts coming and devouring. And so there's uh, some some eschatological pieces that we can tell with this. Um, we can go one all the way back to the Exodus and the 10 plagues that uh, faced Egypt. One of those plagues was the locusts. Uh, We can go to Revelation and connect this piece that uh, in Revelation, John writes that uh, one of the punishments will be locusts upon the earth. And there's, there's separation, but understanding that, you know, is this text really talking about uh, an infestation of locusts or is it, utilizing the concept of the destructive nature of the locust uh, for a nation that's going to be rising up against Israel. So let's dig into this portion of the passage. As I had mentioned, uh, I want to take the time and and explain through things in more of a conversational uh, approach versus trying to work through verse by verse, word by word type. You know, I want to try to make this enjoyable for you conversationally enjoyable so uh verse one we kick off that uh, we've got throughout the ages here god has used various means to inspire his prophets to write uh is noted in hebrews 1 1 on some occasions such divine inspiration came through the dreams or visions as daniel notes in chapter 7 and chapter 8 and others it comes through the audible voice as Ezekiel chapter 2 and 3 count. Joel, however, does not specify how the Lord reveals his word to him. So at the same time, this verse is unequivocally affirming 
that what follows is God's word, not merely the prophet's impression or the best approximation. God's wisdom and power are such that even though he uses the imperfect man to reveal his will, each finished book of scripture is perfectly relatable or reliable revelation of God's will. Yahweh is God, as Joel writes. Uh, so we've got this verse that kicks off the word of the Lord. It's, uh, again, not distinguishing in vision or audible or dream, uh, but it is coming to Joel. Joel is now going to take this and work through the rest of his uh, three chapters here and uh, and tell the audience exactly what God is telling him. And so we know that this isn't Joel's writing. And this this should be kind of a, a piece to take with us on any passage that we come across. Yes, the person coined the passage. They literally wrote it down on parchment or scroll or whatever, animal skin. They, they were the ones doing it, but it was God telling them what to write. You know, they were, they were the scribe, if you would, listening to God give them the revelation. That's why whenever you see a prophet or anything in the Old Testament, it's always the word of the Lord came to, through, or revealed, or some sort of capacity like that. There is historical narrative that, you know, if we go through like Joshua all the way through Esther, we see First um, and Second Samuel, we have Judges and First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. All of these are, are, are seeped in historical context. But the, the narrative and the understanding and the depth behind it is revealed to the author through God speaking to him. And so it helps us to pay, especially when we look at like historical books or the Torah, for instance, we know Moses wrote the Torah. We know that uh, uh, Joshua wrote Joshua, and then there's a you know towards the end of Joshua, there's another unknown author that completes the work. Uh, we know that Samuel wrote a considerable amount of history, and then we've got David writing some of the Psalms. We've got all of the minor and major prophets that will come and write their uh, their warnings, and uh, all of it is breathed out by God. That's why Paul writes that. All of scripture, the Torah, the prophets, the history, the poem, the wisdom books, everything that he's writing, the gospels, all of it, all the epistles, revelation, all of it is breathed out by God. And so I think that's a comforting factor for us to hold on to as we look at this particular passage, because this is a tough one to dig into. Uh, we, we get into this concept of a, an invasion right off the bat. Again, we go back to the text like Obadiah, and we know that uh, God is going to bring swift judgment to Israel. And we know that this is another uh, warning coming to the people. And so he, he opens it in verse 2 here with, this, uh, with the warning to the elders. And Joel, he begins this by directing this rhetorical question to the old-timers. Um, since they are the best and able to affirm an unprecedented nature of agricultural disaster that Joel is predicting, he is uh, asking this rhetorical question, has such a thing happened in your days, speaking to the elders, or in the days of your father, speaking to the elders' fathers? He's asking this question because this is going to be an unprecedented disaster that is to come upon the people of Israel. Uh, so all inhabitants... Um, 
because he's saying, you know, he first addresses the elders and then he turns and says to all the inhabitants, this is the entire nation of Judah. Uh, this was an unprecedented invasion of the locusts that we will see in verse four. Uh, they are followed by wildfires and drought, verses 19 and 20. Uh, no one familiar with Judah's past could recall such a comparable disaster. Interesting enough. Now, I've been doing a little bit of digging into the Old Testament uh, history and uh, reading some of those books. And I find the separation of the two uh, kingdoms of Israel uh, to be quite interesting. And, and Judah tended to have a, a better outcome than the northern kingdom did. And Judah was much more... Um, willing to be obedient to God, but they still had problems. They still stumbled and fell. And that's why we're getting this warning. It's going to the nation of Judah, which from the nation of Judah, we have uh, Jesus Christ coming out of that bloodline. So he turns this now as a warning in verse three to tell your children and let the children tell their children and, and so on and so forth. So the generations that must come must see and understand this impending disaster and avoid similar punishments upon themselves. So this is going to come to the people currently in Judah, but make sure, as Joel's saying, make sure to, that all of your children know this, that their children know this, and that their children know it. And to take it as a you know, a, a warning for every ongoing generation. So now we get to the locust in verse four and we've got this, this bug, if you would, uh, it, it's an insect. It's a, it's a considerably destructive one. Uh, but these aren't to be confused with grasshoppers or, uh, 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 uh locusts are a terribly destructive insect. They're about two to three inches long uh, in the adult stage. They're capable of full flight. And Joel is predicting uh, this invasion of four different kinds of locusts. He's got um, the cutting locust, the swarming locust, the hopping locust, and the destroying locust. Uh, and these are um, can be boiled down to the cutting locust uh, in Hebrew means to cut off. The swimming swarming locust name resembles for a multitude. Uh, the hopping locust is the immature locust, and the destroying is no. Uh, destroying locusts is notorious for obliterating crops, uh, as Deuteronomy states. After these four successive invasions of the locusts, no edible leaf, twig, or bark would remain in Judah. And then he turns his attention um, to the drunkards in verse 5, because this is a big issue now that they are going to face. They, uh, He says, awake you drunkards and weep and wail all you drinkers of wine because the sweet wine has been cut off from your mouth. The reason behind this is the destructive nature of the locusts in verse four. Uh, Joel is giving a warning to the drunkards that uh, the dis wine production in Judah is about to be destroyed. The invading locusts will uh, force those addicted to, dr to the drink to undergo dreadful pains of withdrawal. Uh, new wine is not yet gone into the storage, and once the sweet wine is exhausted, there will be no more stores of wine in Judah. So it pays us to understand that he's given this warning. It seems a little bit out of maybe the norm to warn the drunkards, but this is what's about to happen, and uh, they will experience those uh, drastic withdrawals. So in verse 7, uh, we, we see that the Locust hordes will leave no vegetation. 
the trees will be stripped of all of their bark. This is an interesting note um, because this is all the trees. All of their branches are made white, not just a small portion or a couple fields, but he is saying that all of this will be laid to waste. And again, this is another um, profound judgment brought against Judah because it, it, paint, it, it paints this picture of one, their disobedience, and two, God's uh, mercy upon them because they have been disobedient for a while. God has been merciful to send prophets to, um, to warn them back to, of repentance. And Joel is doing such that because this is the impending judgment of God. Uh, and we will see soon the day of the Lord uh, make its appearance again here in this chapter. So we've got uh, the verse 8 here. Judah's reaction to the upcoming devastation will be like that of a bride whose fiance is killed just before the marriage. Um, lament like a virgin wearing sackcloth for the bridegroom of her youth. Um, this is basically saying this this bride that was supposed to be wedded uh, her fiance is killed just before the marriage ceremony, and this is the you know the lamenting that is called um, from Joel here. Uh, the grain offering and drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. This is something that is often regularly used in Thanksgiving for God's provision, as indicated in Leviticus, and in the daily sacrifices in Exodus. With the first uh, with the first fruit offering in Leviticus, and the other sacrifices in Numbers. The famine produces, uh, produced by the locust invasion would threaten to put an end to these sacrifices and the blessings they provide. And so this is something, again, Joel's warning. He, you know, he warns the elders, warns the people, warns the children. Now he's warning uh, the drunkard. He's demonstrating that uh, what is going to, you know, what the lamenting level is going to be. Um, and he's now turning his attention to the other people that will be affected by this um, invasion, if you would. And uh, if we were to look and in, in kind of summarize verses 2 through 12 before we look at the final portion of chapter 1, we see how Joel summons the people of Judah to assemble and hear the word, the Lord's judgment for their sins. Successive waves of locust swarms will come and devastate their land. When we replicate the failure of Joel's generation, God gives us God warns us to live in godly fear. In repentance, we are heartened. We are hardened by the prom, heartened by the promise that God's mercy is greater than any disaster. His grace, received through the word and sacraments, restores us and gives us life. And so that is the beauty of the gospel. That you know we are, um, we we see the mercy of God, and it's greater than any natural disaster. And we know that through. Uh, the word and the sacrament that he continuously is restoring us. That is why I am a big proponent of going to church every weekend because you hear the word of God and you can partake in the sacraments and your spirit is renewed. So as we get into uh, the latter half here, we've got the sackcloth being another uh, piece demonstrated. He's saying, put on the sackcloth and lament, O priests, wail, O ministers of the altar, uh, so the sackcloth and ashes, if we go back to uh, the story of Jonah going to Nineveh, we have that being demonstrated. It's a rough fabric, uh, and it's oft often and always worn as a sign of repentance. Uh, Job 16 tells us that. The lamenting of O'Priests is the impending crop failure threatened 
to end grain and drink sacrifices they offered, uh, which was the basis of the priest's livelihood. The priests are urged to enter the temple, the house of your of their God, um, and they are instructed to lament. Right, they're go put on sackcloth, sit in the ashes, weep about what is to come. Uh, Joel goes on to say to consecrate a fast. Um, the priests are to assemble the people and lead them to making a public confession of sin. Fasting was part was a part of the perf, uh, pen for the observance. Excuse me. Uh, noted in this, and so every time we see lamenting or the confession of sin coming in the public form, it's always connected to a fast. And that fasting is demonstrated all throughout scripture. And it can have been for, you know, a day or a couple of days, or it could have been, you know, during the daylight while food can be consumed at night. There's various types of fasting. Um, but generally in this type of uh, oncoming storm, fasting would be leveled to to great extremes that, you know, no food or drink should be consumed uh, until the Lord hears the cries of his people. Uh, then we get down to day of the Lord in verse 15. Here this expression refers simply to the day when God will punish Judah by sending locusts. This is not a um, end times eschatological statement. It is a point of judgment, so it does have some eschatological implications to it, but the day of the Lord here is not referring to the end of times. It's referring to when God will send the locust to uh, to punish Judah. Uh, and then we see how the wildlife and all of that will react as we close out chapter 1. The beasts will groan, uh, the lowering and bleeding of their owners to feed them. Uh, the flocks of sheep are going to suffer. Sheep fed closer to the ground and could scourge grass too short that uh, the cattle couldn't get to. But the locusts will leave virtually no grass, and the sheep will suffer alongside the cattle. So to summarize this little portion of chapter 1, Joel predicts that the hordes of locusts will devour the vegetation, and then wildfires and drought will dispose of what remains. Desperation and starvation will result from uh, the people's refusal to repent. In our own lives, unchecked sins bring about disastrous consequences. In such times, sorrow and despair, however... Never forget what God uh, often uses these bad things to bring us to repentance and to accomplish his good and gracious will. The ultimate example is that is Christ's mournful death, which atoned for the sin of the world. And so it this is a this is a troubling understanding, I think, for people. Um, because we we look at like a natural disaster or um maybe a a, a political disaster or something that might um, you know, like somebody went in, you know, a couple, two weeks ago and shot up a grocery store in New York. Um, those types of, uh, catastrophes, those disasters, uh, they're, they're given and can be used as a means to call people to repentance. There could be, um, you know, in a particular nation, like if they were to experience a tsunami, an earthquake, a hurricane, whatever it may be, there could be people that the Lord is, that has, that has been placed there that the Lord is calling back to repentance. Their sin could just be so atrocious that he is either calling to, calling them to ultimately repent or to turn back to him. Uh, or, you know, through 
people sent to him, missionaries or, or preachers and pastors and, and others to warn of the gospel, then he could just be bringing swift judgment against a nation that has ultimately rejected him. Those are, you know, finer points, if you would, to dig into uh, our understanding of Scripture. But we know that God will raise up a nation, use them for a particular purpose, and then sometimes we'll do away with that nation. And that is God's will. It is not ours. It is, you know, we would think that all, all we could all live in harmony and love each other, but in reality we hate each other and we live uh, against each other in opposition. And because of the sin that is ingrained into our flesh, we have no commonality with other folk. And I think this goes back, uh, I actually just wrote a paper on the Tower, Tower of uh, Babel and uh, Babel. And uh, interestingly enough, one of one of my conclusions was, you know, that God was the orchestrator behind the division of the nations, the language barriers. And we see some connection in Acts chapter two when the Holy Ghost comes to uh, the people and they can hear and understand other languages. Uh, the original construct to creation was that we would be one people, one language. Um, but over, but through our sinful nature, God decides that it is best to separate us so we do not become, you know, a collective mind of one people. And so now we have the language barrier in place. And so it's just an interesting side note. I, I dug into that. It's available for my patrons uh, to read. And uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this first chapter. It's an interesting chapter. Again, we looked at the locust coming, the warnings to the peoples, uh, and the result of those locusts coming. We will see how Joel takes that on in chapter two, uh, and we'll see how um, this is unpacked for us next week. So uh, I did just finish uh, recording uh, with Brian Wolfmuller, and I'm, I'm debating when I want to air that episode. I, I would like to get it out quickly. It was a really fantastic conversation, um, so it could come out this coming Tuesday, or it might come out the following. I haven't really decided yet on how I want to, you know, if I want to go back and forth between the baptism episodes and these interviews, uh, or if I want to push all the interviews until the very end, I, I, it's a work in progress. So that's that for today's show, ladies and gentlemen, I have flame, uh, due up here in 30 minutes and, uh, to record an episode with. And so we'll be talking about his new album word and water, and we will uh, continue the conversation of baptism and, uh, the sacraments and the Lutheran theology. So Brian and I talked heavily on uh, the Lutheran the- theological positioning on a lot of uh, key pieces, and I was I really enjoyed that conversation. So I hope you guys will too when that airs. Uh, you will get early access to it as a patron. So if you want to hear that conversation, by all means, join us on Patreon, and you can. And uh, that'll be made available probably this afternoon. So uh, as today's Tuesday, the 24th of May. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, God bless. And we will see you all later.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.